down in front. Enterprising, aggressive, young, bold, vicious. He'll do. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Fogies and Films. Uh, this is where we get together and review a movie that we've all watched over the last week or two, uh, selected by each a uh, different person each week. Uh, this week, we are watching Eric's movie, and I will be handing it over to Eric to introduce the movie that we'll be discussing tonight. Eric, over to you. Okay, so I chose 1971's A Clockwork Orange, uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, I had actually read the book when I was in high school, but for some reason have never seen the movie. So it was kind of a big blind spot in my uh, film career. (laughs) Is that the right word? Filmography? That doesn't sound right either. Um, Film um, education. There you go. So I thought, hey, that's that's a perfect choice. I'll I'll force myself to watch it. So uh, it's based on the book, as I said. Uh, Basically, it covers, you know, it was very modern at the time, um, sort of uh, covering themes of youth culture, uh, permissiveness, violence, crime and punishments, um, modern values, uh, all of those good things and gives you a lot to think about, of course. Um, yeah. So basically that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, everyone finished it, right? Yes. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) what would be a good place to start? Um, I guess first I've got a lot of little facts I could tell you guys. Um, I try not to look up anything for these, so this is just things I noticed, but, or things I know from reading the book. Um, one thing is to touch on what Kia was saying earlier, uh, his friends are called droogs. And as you, as you saw, there's a lot of slang in the movie, um, to the point where you might've had difficulty understanding what was being said at some points. Uh, but it's actually, you know, it's all made up by the author. Uh, he combined elements of Slavic languages and even schoolboys, um, like, speak like if, if you remember there was a scene where he called an apology in apipolyology something like that uh it's like made up children's talk kind of stuff and so it's a, a combination of all those different influences to create a, a language for this youth culture um which i think makes it even more fascinating uh it's obviously shot in a very interesting style i don't know if you guys have seen other kubrick movies i'm sure a lot of you have seen the shining Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, this doesn't really match a lot of that style. Uh, I guess you could find elements of the style used here in The Shining, but um, yeah, I, I found it, I guess we can talk about that, like the overall style of the movie first, how you felt about how it was shot and how you know, the colors used in the scene set. I, to just start it off, I found it, you know, there's a very interesting use of color and and music, but I found it shot almost a little cheaply. I felt mm-hmm. that the sets were a little cheap, uh, but it may have been in person, uh, on purpose, excuse me. 
I, I've read that there are some continuity errors throughout the movie, which I didn't notice because I guess I'm never that observant. I never see things like that unless it's a boom mic in the shot. I don't notice, but I guess there's some continuity errors. And uh, Kubrick said uh, in interviews later that all that was on purpose because he was intending to create a sort of disorientation in the audience because they might get a bit confused if, if characters jump around in the shot and you're not sure why because you didn't see them move or if you know somebody's wearing I think in I, apparently in one scene somebody's wearing a hat and in the very next shot the hat's gone that kind of thing again I didn't notice any of this I'm curious if anyone else did uh so did anyone else notice that and did you what did you think about the overall style I didn't notice that but now I'd like to go back and watch and see if I can notice it me too I, I didn't notice it either <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice continuity errors. I did feel like that the style, the cinematography and all, it did kind of, it was like a little disorienting, right? Um, where it was kind of making you feel like you were seeing it in the same way as like the victims early on were seeing it. And then that he as the quote unquote victim in his mind, you know, was feeling things like, I think it tried to, with because like you said the dialogue a lot of the words were made up and stuff so yeah it was from a dialogue perspective a little harder to follow along and you know they talk fast kind of low at times but i yeah. felt like it was the imagery though that really is what to really kind of propel the story a bit more by giving you that feeling but to me what the most impactful bit of imagery in the entire movie was was the opening orange color the screen was just this horrible orange <laughs> That was almost hard to look at. And I was like, oh, this is not a good way to start the movie. Just this yeah. orange screen, very hard to look like. And then it's like a bright blue screen. And it's like, oh, my eyes, my eyes. Uh, <laughs> maybe I, I this is like, wrong, but it, yeah, I thought it was, a, maybe this is not right, but I thought it was a surprisingly vibrant color for 1971. Like if they got that kind of like neon on the screen, it was like very intense. Well, I was like, they kind of are getting you started out in a dizzying way that yeah. is yeah. then kind of the way the whole movie and the, the flow and everything just kind of goes, so. I um, like dream state. It's like a dream, like a completely cloud, a lot of it, you know. Um, I had a, a, a yeah, that, that's like. It made me feel, I it made me feel so uncomfortable. The whole world just creeped me. I just, if I imagined myself in that world, it was terrifying. That scared me. Yeah. I just, I did not want to be in that world. I was the, too. Yeah. yeah. Nothing was normal. Even in what was supposed yeah. to be like the normal world was still not normal. Like Takia, like his 80 year old mom, you know? His 80 year old mom. She's I want to talk about you know. that. Well, like that, a yeah, like, jumper. Exactly. The way she looked <laughs> and then the way she dressed juxtaposed, juxtaposed against his dad, who seems like Mr. Prim and Proper Businessman, living in this weird place that they're like, yeah. nothing made sense. So to like Shelly and Takia's thing, it's like, it felt uncomfortable, not real, dreamy, kind of a dystopian kind of world that and they're all in. The furniture was, like when he went to that one house and it was like, they had these pods and yeah. it looked like the, the top shot. Huh. That was just so, it was just so creepy to me. It just. <laughs> And just the demeanor of the people in just normal like case, like cases, like when he comes out of jail and goes back to his house, the tenant who's living in his room, just the way he's sitting there, like, and it was just like this weird thing. And it's like, they're all just kind of sitting in weird ways. And it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And 
kind of makes and you feel uncomfortable. With the big noses. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. I think, yeah, it, it seemed like uh, there were a lot of ways that subconsciously it made you feel uncomfortable. I guess thinking about it the whole time, I felt very depressed. Like even the, what were supposed to be nice houses, I guess, seemed, I think that's what it was like, everything seemed kind of cheap. I was like, I, I wouldn't want to live here. I mean, it's a really big house. This person must be rich, but I don't know. It's, it's very depressing for some reason inside. It makes you suicidal almost like there's nothing to live for here. Everyone's just kind of pretending that they have things to live for putting on brightly colored wigs or dressing below their age or, or doing drugs or something. It's like, no one's happy. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know about the color. That was interesting to brush the brush the color with the the nurses and the, uh, the mom, the nurse, they all had colored hair. I I wonder how that was. And the psychiatrist, she had colored hair too, right? Weird. Uh, yeah, actually. So I wonder what how that was. Like, like, I wonder what was Kubrick thinking with that. Like, is that supposed to be? This is this is. I don't want to say happy, but like, I guess it's kind of dreary world. This futuristic society. Well, so I, unlike Eric, I did do a little bit of reading at the end, only because I wanted to know what the very, very, very last scene and line really meant. So I wanted to just look that up a little bit more to see what was people's reactions to how it ended. Because it was kind of open-ended, like, is he okay or is he going back into his old ways? Um, And apparently, like, the book and the movie, it does take place in a kind of future world. So, Mm -hmm. like, with the colored wigs, all that kind of stuff, I think that probably speaks to the future and there might have been, who knows, maybe something horrible happened and that's why the world seems so run down. Like, the house that he lives in, like, it has an elevator, but it doesn't work, you know? And like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get the sense his commentary, though, is that this is just the, the where the world is headed. You know, increased permissiveness, dr- I mean, drug use, uh, all these kinds of things, that eventually this is just where people end up. I do think some of it's just fashion. Like, he obviously took the uh, fashions of the late 60s and then updated them for what they might be in the future. Uh, but it might also be part of the uh, the attempt to disorient the audience because you see an older woman, she's got like purple hair. You get a little, you're like, what is the story there? And it confuses and distracts you. <laughs> so that might have been, it might have been an element of it too, to just like, confuse you. Yeah, and this is a movie that, I'm not going to get into recast territory, but this is a movie that I could see in a fun way being turned into a one season limited series by Ryan Murphy. <laughs> like I think oh, it would be a very yeah. interesting like if he was given full reins could go complete balls to the wall nudity violence all that stuff I would I, it would be very interesting to see like what his dystopian future world is like with this stuff happening um I think it would be fun well I'm sure they didn't take that on like late the years later doing a part two or I'm glad I didn't actually but this is a classic but yeah. why didn't I go or series or I think that people be- just don't want to touch this one again yeah. like I, I, I didn't look too closely but I think on IMDB I saw some some proof that there were some revisits like television wise you know like a television movie revisit kind of situation uh-huh. I, I didn't want to look too closely and and color my views or anything but maybe we have to check that out later but uh mm-hmm. so they may have revisited a bit hmm. um so since you mentioned so we talked a bit about the style and I'm sure it'll come up again throughout the conversation but since you mentioned the end of the movie i want to take a minute and just briefly lay out the plot um 
and then we can get into discussing the specific scenes and how the story moves forward. It's basically in three acts. You have the first part, which is uh, Alex's life and how he lives and relates to the people around him and what his values are. Then you have the part in the middle where he goes to prison and he considers you know, doing the Ludovic technique to get out earlier, part of one of his scams as usual. Uh, and then you have the third act where he's been released and is ostensibly cured um, and how society, how he relates to society at that point. And then I was also, uh, I was also not sure I understood what the final shot meant. Mm -hmm. uh, or I didn't know if it had for further significance to what I had already assumed was happening in that whole scene, actually. Um, but that's the end. So I guess, well, you can go anywhere you want. <laughs> we don't start at the beginning, but... <laughs> But are there scenes that stood out to you or that you were confused by or that you thought really illustrated what was going on? So I will say just in terms of the plot of the movie, because I had seen this a long time ago, but I forgot basically everything. Like there were certain scenes when I saw it again, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. But I will say watching the movie, and I like that you split it out into the three acts because I can just speak to the acts. I was a little bored with the first act. I was like, oh, is this really how the entire movie is going to be? It's just them up to their debauchery. It's just them going into one place, beating people up and, you know, raping them and all this stuff and then going to another place. Like, where is the story really going to go? And that's what I spent most of the first act thinking about. Like, where is the story even going? Like, is it going to go further or not? And then act two came around. I was like, oh, okay, now it's getting a little interesting. Like, he's having to pay for what he did. Like, oh, great. You know, they're getting after him. And then act three was even more interesting because it's like he was trying to seek redemption and he was trying to get help, but the people he was falling into or like being confronted with were the people he attacked, like the homeless yeah. man and then that man in the wheelchair. And it's like, it was all their opportunities now to get revenge on him. Um, the guys that was in his gang. And oh yeah, and the, the two, yeah. his two friends who are now cops, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought, uh, so let's, let's, uh, I have a lot to say about everything you just said, but let's start with his friends becoming cops. First of all, I thought it was very funny in the, like, oh, this very second scene when they uh, start going on the prowl through the alley and they find that old man and beat him up. The old man gives this whole speech about lawlessness now and how nobody is accountable for anything and how, you know, uh, there's no one who's going to come and help him because they just let people run wild like this now. And I thought to my, I, the first thought I had was, Oh, is this what happens when you defund the police? Yeah. <laughs> yep. But then we find out there are cops because they pick up Alex and take him to prison. Um, and they answered that woman's phone call. I mean, it was a super easy thing. Although, you know, I think she had money. So clearly there are parts of the world where people cannot expect this kind of reaction from the police or any police reaction at all. But I thought it was interesting because, um, well, this is gonna get political. This is my controversial moment, Fahad. <laughs> uh, I've always, you know, I've, I've been saying to people that unfortunately uh, the police force is a kind of position that attracts very often the wrong kind of people. People who want that position because they want power, because they want a legal way to behave the way that they perhaps want to behave and would be held accountable for it otherwise. And it seems like his friends are exactly, you know, exemplifying that. They were the worst of society. 
And now they've been, you know, pulled into the police force and they get to do whatever they want, or at least they feel they can. They can take Alex out to the back and try to kill him. And they know that nothing's going to happen to them and, and that they'll probably be supported by their brothers. <laughs> so I, I found that a very interesting aspect of it from a movie that was 50 years ago. Any thoughts on that, that you're not afraid to say? <laughs> <laughs> I can see what you're saying now that you say that. I can see how how they were awful in the beginning and then they kind of used that to become police officers and they they still had that same personality right. but just now with power yeah. they now use being part of the police to do what they were doing before without getting in trouble yeah. right but i also i mean obviously i'm 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 uh, i'm uh, reading this from a modern perspective uh, the simplest explanation could just be that it was another way for Kubrick to show that, um, cause in the third act, you can tell like Alex feels like the entire world is upside down. So the way things, he runs into a lot of the same people, the same situations, but it, the whole dynamic is flipped on him, including, yeah. and most, um, I, I'm running out of, most, uh, you know, uh, insane to him is the fact that his friends who were part of his gang before are now the police who have authority over him uh, and can treat him poorly. Um, so, so it's probably just that, but reading, looking at it now, it's, it's very interesting. But has, did anybody ever think at any given point that act three was all in his head? Cause I think of all of the coincidences, think of all the, yeah. He's gonna wake up. All of the coincidences that happen, right? First, he's turned away by his family. And then the one guy who comes up to him while he's looking out into the water is the homeless man, who then results in him getting beaten up. Then the cops that show up are his two old friends all of a sudden, beat him up. And the house he goes to for help is the victim of his, like he's going back yeah. and it's like kind of being, like it's like um, the Wizard of Oz, right? The characters are the people that live on the farm. So like, did Dorothy really go to the Wizard of Oz or did she all just imagine it? Did, this, did Alex really face these different trials? Like how coincidental is it that the three worst things that happened to him coming out of there the, were the homeless man again, his friends again, and the guy in the wheelchair again? Like it's just so much coincidence. It made me wonder like, well, I, I will ask you, what do you think then actually happened to him right before that point? But, but before that, I'll say that I, I don't really agree because I think that ultimately this is, was supposed to be a morality tale in, in a very classic style, you know, like Homer Iliad classic or, or you, know, uh, you know, a Greek tragedy kind of situation where you're, you're, you live a certain kind of life and then you go through trials and your comeuppance is usually pretty ironic and everything comes back to, you're confronted with everything at the end, which shows how far you've come and what the new status is. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, reads a, it reads that way to me. Like it's, it's intentional because it's, I mean, he even narrates the whole thing and he tells you step-by-step step all the things that happened to him. And it seems almost uh, inevitable that, you know, once you get to the third act, he's gonna have to revisit the, the, the way that he lived in some way uh although it's it's funny that they go through all that but then we have the ending we have yeah. which is not him really exactly being punished it's not really you know there's no tragedy where he dies after having learned a lesson or something and i'm not uh, saying that it's made up i'm just saying that 
as I'm watching it, it was one of the thoughts that crossed my mind um, because also the therapy he was given was very experimental. So who's to say that it didn't go wrong? So during one of his sessions, maybe it was like, you know, like people say their life flashes before their eyes. Maybe it was like during the therapy, this was like part of the therapy. It's being confronted yeah. with your past to make you a better person. Or he's trapped in a coma. <laughs> yeah. Or, or he's trapped in a coma he never came out of. Yeah. Well, and all, well, I did, I hated him in the beginning. I hated him so much. I was like, I, Jonah, I, I hate him. This is awful. He's an awful person. He did so many things that were like uncomfortable to watch how he abused women um, and men. And so then he goes to jail. You still hate, I still hated him. Um, I, when he got started getting, and then I hated him for getting the, wanting the experimental therapy just to get out of there and go back to doing what he was doing before. But then somewhere during the therapy, I started, I was like, oh, I, you know, I started feeling compassion for him. I liked him. And then I started rooting for him. And, it's, and then, you know, then you feel like loving towards him, especially when he's getting beaten up by his cop friends and his parents don't want him there. He has to leave there. But and should you? <laughs> you start hating him again at the end. Yeah. It's, he didn't change. It didn't help. Like, I, you know, you could, because you have all these thoughts, or at least I did about would this therapy, like if this really worked, would this be positive for society to be able to yeah. make people stop who were horrible. horrible criminals, you know, killing people, abusing people, raping people. But, but then it has to cross the line where he, his love for that music. Yeah. makes him sick well, it, it also crosses the line of free will which is what the priest was trying to exclaim like you know with religion free will and right. are taking his free will away because you're conditioning him to be good it's not him actually being good yeah Sorry, right. Tia, what were you saying yeah no, i was gonna say um i think i thought he was uh being cured at one point because he was getting sick at, at uh as he started watching more violence and raping um so getting sick and then they put this, they integrated his, his favorite song, well, his favorite um, composer into um, all the violence and all. And then, then by the time he was, um, like, like when a naked woman walked on the stage, he couldn't, just to touch her, he got, he was, you know, it made him physically ill. So I thought all the way up to the, up to the end, he was cured, like, you know, because he, he, he didn't want to do anything, you know, he, in terms of um, violence and whatnot. But then I think it all faded, it faded away and he was back to his old self. Like it, it didn't last, the, the treatment didn't last. That's how I read it. Yeah. Well, they, they make the point that, um, they make the point that, uh, that he wasn't actually cured. All they did was create a new biological reaction. He, they didn't change him. He, he still was that person still wanted to be that person. He just couldn't physically. Oh, I mean, earlier I think Bahad said that he was like on a redemption redemption path, and you and, and you're saying like you sort of feel for him, but I never felt for him because I, I could I don't know from my point of view I could still see behind his eyes, and he was only doing he was only behaving the way he was because he had to to protect himself. He wasn't actually a good person, and and uh, I don't know. I mean, I think my re my my perspective on the final act is that he got everything he deserved. But I think uh, the, what you were saying is that you you uh, you mentioned something, Shelley, about 
when he's going through the technique, you start to feel for him and you, you know, cause it's, it's very intense. And I think that was part of the point of the second act too, is that you see this terrible world that he lives in and has created in the beginning. And then he goes into the system, which is supposed to be the moral world, the, the um, law abiding world, but you have a lot of fascism there. Like uh, there's abuse that takes different forms. And, and so you start to question like, okay, well, obviously somebody the people in power in society tell you what's right and wrong and, and then they make the rules and so when and, and well this leads into his friends becoming policemen once they become policemen they decide what's right and wrong it's whatever they do becomes what's right and wrong so even if it's abuse even if it looks identical to what they were doing when they were on the other side as criminals so you start to wonder what is really right and wrong? Like, what's the morality? What is real morality here? Yeah. Um, but I will say that I felt similar to Shelley, um, where in some ways, like when he was in the second act and being conditioned, I thought it was an all in act and he actually, and none of it was actually even working and he was just pretending. But then when you saw the visceral reactions when he was at that guy's house, I was like, oh, that was real. But all those moments where he's being beaten up and they're doing this, I started feeling sorry. But I'm like, wait, should I even be feeling sorry? Monster, he deserves this. It's like if Freddy Krueger gets conditioned and all of a sudden becomes a good guy and somebody goes and beats him up. It's like, no, I should feel happy they're beating Freddy Krueger up. He caused a lot of hurt and pain. Um, So uh, I felt that way though. And it reminded me a little bit about... um, uh, what was that movie that we saw? Uh, Shelly, your choice, Captain. Oh, Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic, where in the beginning, I'm like, oh, wow, his parenting is actually great. Like, the kid, everything's going well. And then you see, like, the stuff that their people are kind of looking at down on him. And you're like, oh, they shouldn't look down on him. And you feel for him. But then you start seeing through the cracks. And you're like, okay, maybe there's better ways he could handle the way he's parenting and different yeah. things like that. And so similar here, it's like, oh, he's redeeming himself. He's, you know, I feel bad for him. Why are they beating him up? And it's like, no, wait, he should be beaten up. He's a horrible yeah. person. So yeah. I, I agree that, uh, what he deserved. Sorry, I was trying to Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think he got what he deserved too. But on the subject of whether Alex is likable and whether he deserves what happens to him, uh, I want to point something out that people may have missed that Fahad and I had a brief conversation about and see if you how that changes what you think. He was 15 when he was arrested. Oh. To me, he didn't read like a 15-year-old, but technically okay. in thought he is 15. And he gets out of jail when he's 17. So all of this that we saw, all those horrible things happened when he was 15. Mm. Oh. He was I completely uh, not about the story at all, but he was born in 1942, the, the actual, the actor. So he was like nearly 30. Yeah, he was when, 27 uh, or 28 oh when gosh. he made the part of the 15. And he did not look 15. He look like 15 <laughs> at all. I will say there were right, if he had looked that young, you might have felt even more compassion yeah. for him because yeah. Yeah. you it's think true. differently of how the brain of a 15-year-old works compared yeah. to a nearly 30-year-old man. And it goes to our past conversations, right, about like canceling people for the way that they acted when they were under 18. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. are people allowed to be changed and redeem themselves and stuff? But then this goes to the whole thing that Eric said. He was conditioned. He didn't actually change the way he feels. Like, he's still potentially a sociopath wanting to harm and do these things. But that leads to the whole broader, like, can people, can people be redeemed? Can can you change? 
can we forgive criminals with the criminal past? Like, can you go to prison in our world after having committed a terrible crime and then come back out and be forgiven? Okay, on what Shelly just said, I, I had a few points to make. Um, trying to remember what they were right now. <laughs> uh, one of them was, um, it also raises the question, which I don't think they really focus, they don't focus in, at all in the movie, but uh, is whether, like they tried, they conditioned him to, to be a good person, but wasn't he probably conditioned to be the terrible person he was? And so can you blame him? And then we also, you know, I think that that's what else I was going to say is that we were talking about because of his age, can you blame him? Can people change? Should we forgive them? Should we take into accounts where they've come from? And also, is there a, is there a crime, though, that is so terrible that you should not forgive? Because, you know, basically, he was a like a ruffian. He was a, you know, street kid running around, do whatever he wants. But he also raped people, <laughs> even at 15. And you have to ask yourself, you know, what kind of a, what kind of a menta- mentality, what kind of a person is capable of that? And can you really change that kind of person? Like, is there something so intrinsic to somebody, um, especially if they exhibit that behavior at such a young age, that that's really just who they're going to be forever? I don't know. A little bit interesting to see his, like, background, like, was he doing as a kid? How did he become this way? Like, there's always been something in, in within him, you know? What was this world like? Yeah, yeah. Well, created this, these kids. I became they, like like it was always a bad seed. Did something happen in his childhood that made him? I don't know. It's kind of, it kind of interesting to see that. Like that was weird. You have a yeah. <laughs> the poll huh? is gonna come in. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, can... I'll, I'll mute next time. That, that's that's Cam's toy. Loud no toy. problem. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's fun. It's good sound effects. I'm gonna add sound effects <laughs> at some point too. Um, we can probably glean a few facts though that sort of make the case that his life was not bad enough for him to end up such a terrible person. Uh, one is that his parents are both uh, almost so nice they're, they're meek, you know, they, they can't control him. You can't see them lifting a finger against, you know, if they were attacked, they would probably just die. There's not, they're not gonna, they're not abusive. They're not strong whatsoever, strong-willed or strong-minded. Um, he also, I mean, he's got a relatively nice house, uh, even though the building is kind of run down. I, it feels like most people's buildings are probably run down. I was he, wondering he about that. He has a that. school to go to. He has his own, his own psychiatrist, <laughs> you know. They, they've made efforts to, but you could maybe argue, were his parents too weak and permissive? And this is why he, he was allowed to become that kind of person. Yeah. Ruth, what were you thinking on that? I was wondering at first, too, with like how part of the house, how around the building was run down. I was wondering, is that something he was imagining? Because later when he got in the house, it it looked more into place and stuff like that. Or if he was like dreaming or thinking about it or something like that, if that makes sense. But uh, I, could, I could give a theory. <laughs> I'm really reading oh, into yeah. it. But it could, be, um, it could be a way to show that people in the future had gotten extremely insular and self-absorbed. So they take care of themselves, but they have no interest in the community around them. Not even as far as outside their the front door of their apartment. They don't care that the building's falling apart. They only care about themselves. And so everything else is just allowed to go to shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, for oh. him, like you said, his parents were very meek and can't really control him. They don't, they know he goes out and he skips school and stuff. It's like they don't do anything about it. 
Um, that's also, I mean, that social worker, caseworker, who, whatever that creepy guy is that is like looking out for him. Uh, I mean, okay, I was, would have looked out for him too. <laughs> that was just a very weird exchange and creepy. Yeah. And Did you guys think that was really a gagged when he drank the water with the dishes? And I was like, oh. I thought he knew okay. it first. It seemed like he was doing it on purpose. <laughs> that was a dream sequence when, when his caseworker was there. All no, sudden, that was real. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, was real. yeah un unfortunately, I don't think anything in the entire movie was a dream sequence. Like, everything happened. No, like, but while you were watching it, because it was just sitting on the bed, and I thought it was a figment of his of his twisted imagination. This guy was, was part of it was just part of Kubrick's I, cinematography and the yeah. way of just kind of having a disorienting way of showing you what's going on. Like the way the camera is just there and they're sitting on the bed and just talking to each other, not even really looking at each other. They're just looking straight ahead, talking, and it's just all supposed to show that this world is just not right. So uncomfortable. So yes. Well, yeah. I, Grab his crotch. Was that like? like could he, oh, he, oh, he was ogling the boy. I mean, he's clearly a molester. Yeah. But I, I well, agree with you, Takia. That scene did, did have a weird quality because it's, it's yeah. the way it starts. How he walks down the hall and almost misses him, and you see him out of the corner of your eye. It's like a ghost haunting the house. That's weird. <laughs> it's like, also strange that he's not sitting in like the kitchen, you know, he, or the front room. He's sitting he in the bedroom? his parents' bedroom <laughs> bed. Yeah. You know, it's like well, what also, would he be doing there? Well, also, like, um, could that have helped contribute to him to getting worse if that's who was supposed to be, quote unquote, helping him, which is... I think so. Like, I mean, the system failed him. Like, I mean, if yeah, that's, that's your caseworker, the person who's supposed to keep you in line, like, that... He's yeah. kind of <laughs> I mean, that just shows him that the world is against him, you know? Like, his parents are meek and can't protect him. This guy who's supposed to protect him is trying to molest him. Like, you know... Why yeah. be good in the world when the world is being bad to you? It's but I, I have to say, as somebody who, you know, well, I didn't have a terrible, terrible younger life. You know, it wasn't the greatest. And I, I still, my, my thoughts still to this day uh, for anybody of any age is that everybody has a choice. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care what you say happened to you or how bad it was. You make a conscious choice to do certain things and you do have to be held accountable for it. Um, yes. But I guess to your earlier point, I do think that we should try to find a way to give people a chance to change because if they do see what they did and realize it was for the wrong reasons and that they were weak and they want to be stronger, they should be have a chance to do that. Yeah, to Shelley's whole thing with like, you know, if he was 15, should we give him another chance? I mean, I would say in this sense, it's very extreme, right? Because he rapes and uh, beats people up and eventually actually killed somebody um and he put that man in a wheelchair yeah he didn't can care just, about his uh, friend can i just say though that going into this i thought and i was worried for a, a few of you that it was going to be a lot more intensely violent but honestly they didn't show much at all there was barely any blood the the rape scenes they cut before anything actually happens you yeah. just you just know that it is happening yeah, but um, but they actually do not show a whole lot. I mean, there's obviously a there's nudity. There's a uh, most of the nudity is in paintings, though. I don't know if you noticed, but everywhere they went were extreme sexual images of women painted. Yeah, <laughs> or in sculpture or something. Yeah, I was gonna say there are statues and all that too. Do you all think that if it were made today, it would be a lot more graphic? Graphic. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that it 
I I think that it was better not be not showing. Yeah. I agree. I think if somebody were to make it today, they would focus too much on that. Yeah. And that and would, I, I feel like by them not showing it to you made it a little more disturbing because you don't know exactly, you know, it's bad and your imagination probably makes it worse than what they might have shown. Exactly. I think it was but, also meant to clue you into how Alex sees it. He doesn't really think about the violence after it's done or the rapes. Like it, it doesn't register with him as an important thing or a, or a, or a tragic thing or, or whatever that happened. It's just kind of like, eh, there you go. And I got that feeling the whole movie, like, oh, I guess what I know happened off screen after it cut is not important, but clearly it is. Because that's why he gets put in jail. That's why he's causing so much trouble. But from his point of view, those things don't matter. Whatever. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how they chose certain things to show. Like being someone up is just this is as bad. Like, like raping someone, maybe raping up is a little worse. But like, wonder why they didn't show rape, but then showed other stuff. It, it, it seemed like it's interesting how Kubrick chose certain things to show. I no. wonder what the rating system was at the I was time. I was going to say, I wonder if yeah. it was because they had to make sure that it didn't get an, what, uh, too much. or something. I think yeah, like, it did have an X originally, and oh. I, I briefly saw something about them uh, getting it to an R. So yeah, but I would say this so, was definitely on the edge of R and NC-17 towards, that, you know, whatever. If they had shown more of the rape stuff, to Kia, I think that would have pushed them over the edge. They did. Later on, they, um, like, he was watching the, the, the little, the, the snuff, I don't even call it snuff film, but he was watching those films, and it was uh, these, sol- these dudes in the soldier hats um, raping this woman, and you That's saw true. it. So true, yeah. why show it then, but you didn't show this scene of when he cut the lady's well, It could be well, to Eric's well, earlier point, yeah. that seeing it through Alex's eyes, when Alex is doing it or seeing it in person, <laughs> He's not registering the how horrible it is, but in these videos that's conditioning him, he's seeing the violence in it and how horrible it is. And they're forcing him, which means for the first time we have to watch it too. Yeah. Because uh, he was not paying close enough attention to the violence he was he was perpetrating him to begin with, and now they're making him look at it while making him sick. Now, mm. here's yeah. a question for everybody: Did anybody else, while watching those scenes of him getting conditioned? try to keep their eyes open and no. see how long you can do it. Cause I tried, oh. I was like, oh my God, my eyes are burning right now. And that's why I know why they kept on putting the eye drops in there. Hey, eyes freaked me out. It was so, yeah. and then I kept thinking, did they put that, to- they put that tool in his eye actually? Yeah. And now I want to watch interviews to see like how he talks about it. it like his eye as it was going in. Uh, uh, they would never get away with that now. No. I, I think there's too many rules in filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, and an actor wouldn't agree to it. They'd be like, what? <laughs> they just do that in effects later. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to say in some trivia that he actually scratched his cornea. Acted, not the doc. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. And, and, the, and the person that was putting the drops in, that was a real doctor. Uh, and that was opening his eyelids and putting the drops in. That was actually a real doctor on set to um, make sure that the actor didn't hurt himself and he actually didn't hurt himself. So interesting. the doctor was fired and sued. (laughs) Um, So here's the other question, because while watching that, I was trying to go like that to be like, how hard is it? Um, When the psychiatrist at the end of the movie was showing him the images and he had to finish the dialogue, did anybody try to finish the dialogue in their head? (laughs) I was trying to come up with witty jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite parts, though. His uh, the way he was telling her the lines, his this weird like boyish charm bubbling up in him. It was like that's yeah. kind of adorable. Like, 
that that was where I thought, even though he was 28 and didn't look 17, he did a good job acting like he was that youthful kind of age. Yeah, at least that in some of the scenes. Yeah, I when, saw that as his um yeah. the last last few scenes when he was filling yes. in the blank. Um, that was interesting. I, I saw that as maybe like his 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 treatment was wearing off, and he was. Well, I think that was what the therapist was doing, right? She yeah. was trying. They were trying to reverse the. Okay. Yeah. Did you notice that that whole scene was almost identical to the first scene that first day before he goes in for the treatment at, for the Ludovic treatment? Even is down to like when the nurse comes in. Remember, she she um she takes the uh, paper off his lap and says, "May I?" The 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 in the first scene the the doctor did the same thing. The woman came in and took the tray and said, "May I?" and moved it and then started going in. And so instead of movie clips like in the first, she shows him these little slides. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, the whole thing was very very similar. But I felt I got more the impression that she was trying to prove that he was cured. I'm not sure how they did it. And I think uh, now that I think about it, his the the, the boyish charm that I talked about. I think that was I think he was giddy because he realized he could say things that weren't making him sick and he was like oh my god and so he just kept escalating it and saying more ridiculous things about what he was saying but i don't know do you think that that actually cured him the slideshow <laughs> or was it a drug yeah i don't know because oh. like i like i mentioned at the end i i had to look it up just to see what that actually meant and i read that in the book it's very definitive that he's cured and lives a good life afterwards Oh. Like they give the definitive answer, but um, Kubrick wanted to leave it uh, open for interpretation oh, okay. and didn't want to make it seem like it's one way or the other. Yeah, I did I, the same thing. I read, I went back and I read just a synopsis. I wanted him to read a synopsis of the last scene. And when it, <laughs> it said it was, that was the therapist's making, like making sure that he, it had been reversed. Yeah. So I guess as like Fahad said, it was intentionally ambiguous, which is why we all didn't look it up. <laughs> we're, we're used to them spelling it out at the end, right? Like yeah. so somebody fails or somebody succeeds, but it's but like- But then uh, I guess it was know. spelling it out when he had, because his last thought, <laughs> when he, yeah. saw, he saw the people having sex, like that was his um, thought when they were playing that, they were playing the Beethoven's Ninth. Yeah. And he was able to, flash to people having sex in the middle of a crowd and he didn't get sick yeah i wonder so that, come that, makes, all, that uh, makes sense to me now i got it about <laughs> <laughs> the um the two women that he clearly had consensual sex with and but yet was raping everybody else what would you guys think about that scene Interesting. That was I think he picked up the two women eating the phallic shaped yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like he's still a teenage boy, so he still likes girls and all that. The rape is not, I don't think the rape is necessary for sexual satisfaction. It's his violent tendencies and the need to control and to treat these older women as they're objects to him, you know, they're objects to his friends. But it's like, he's still a teenager. So he's still going to the record store because he loves music. He sees cute girls. He's like, hey, I'm going to hit, hit on you all. Not hit you all, but hit on you all. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it's two separate parts of his life for two different reasons. Yeah. You could say that he just, he behaves that one way when he's with his friends because it's about mm -hmm. looking big in front of his friends. And 
staying in a position of power there because right after he has that you know lovely sex scene with the, the girls from the record store he goes goes downstairs and finds his friends and they're implying somehow i don't know how they got this idea that he's gone soft uh that he's he's gotten weaker and that they have an opportunity to take him over which of course he proves them wrong um well, i wanted to ask you if you noticed him because they wanted to they were mad that they didn't they were just small time criminals. They wanted to yeah, yeah, yeah. make more money. Yeah, they're questioning his manhood. So he had to get more violent. And his leadership, they, I mean, it's all about power. It's like what we just saw in Loki, you know? It's like each of the Lokis want the power. And no spoilers for anyone that's listening. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> why do you think that they, why did he turn on him? Like, and it made him, you know, he was, they were the reason why he went to jail. They, they, they um, it turned Everybody always wants to overthrow the king. And you know he was the leader, and somebody else wanted the power instead, and oh, to make the decisions they didn't like the decisions he's making. Like Eric said, he went and slept with these two girls. He's going soft, you know. Like they're used to going and getting what they want with force and violence, and here he is being a fifteen-year-old, you know. So, like, that was interesting. I didn't connect that. I just thought he was just having a little fling with them, and then all of a sudden they, he comes down to where they are, and all, and then they, and it, they don't they see him as weak all of a sudden. So how do they know he even had sex with those girls? Like two. Well, two, I think that he was. Late. I mean, their meeting yeah or there was something up. about that too they're like yeah. why aren't you out yet you know what were you hiding from us and yeah but they were obviously butthurt because he threw his weight around a little too hard the night mm -hmm. before and embarrassed them and so it goes it goes back to a power struggle thing like they yeah remember like when that woman was singing along to was was it oh, what was the song she was singing along to i can't remember i don't know but it was beethoven which but is the what melody was to that um, with and you know they were making fun of her and he like smacks that one guy oh yeah and yeah they you know they didn't like like that was also it it's like you know it's because he enjoyed what she was doing but they're like no that's not what we do you know we we go yeah. in on these people and hmm. um so i wanted to ask to bring up something now because we just talked about the scene where um his friends confront him um and do you remember how he uh he sort of diplomatically comes to an agreement with them and then they start walking outside next to the pool. I don't know if you uh, noticed that, but it is it is one of two different points in the movie that I am embarrassed to say I just then realized were uh, referenced in South Park. Two, oh. two, two of my favorite scenes in South Park uh, obviously were taken from this and I had no clue. But there's a in the in the, one of the South Park episodes that's about Coon and Friends when Cartman has his superhero team. They're, they he yeah. thinks they're like the Avengers. There's a scene like that where they confront him and he pretends that he's come to some agreement with them, and then they start walking in slow motion down the street. And out of nowhere, in slow motion, he starts to attack all of them and beats them to a bloody pulp. Oh. Uh, and, and that's exactly oh. what Al Alex does to his friends uh, in that scene in slow motion. And then I, if you remember at the hospital when they're transferring Alex and the the the, the super Gestapo fascist uh, guard who's always taking him around to places goes to the doctor and says, I just need you to sign these forms to accept him uh, and accept the transfer. And he goes there and he's like, just sign here and here and here and then down here. <laughs> That's for us from South Park too. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, it's not from South Park. South Park yeah. got it from Clockwork you ever uh, say, don't go over the, stand over the line. <laughs> <laughs> that part where he threw him in the lake, though, was that because he he was mad that they were accusing him of being soft and he was trying to show the authority? Yeah. Did I get the, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's and like, oh, you think I'm soft? You know, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> 
and then and then they get back at him. That's when they 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 had him frame yeah. the murder. She's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. I did, but I just want to make sure I was connecting the right pieces. <laughs> God, I was rooting for that woman. I wanted her to beat oh, him and succeed because he, he almost met his match at that moment. You know, I, she had yeah, police. Thought, yeah, and he met his match. I was so <laughs> excited for her. And then I was, and then she like got the thing. It was, I was like, I hate it when people always get a weapon but never use it properly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, she seemed like she was she was the smartest, like the smartest one. She, I mean, immediately called the cops. Yeah. She remembered yeah. what they had done. It was like, oh, no one gets no one gets one over on this lady. Yeah. yeah. But you know, he's super violent. And if you want to hurt somebody, you pretty not much can. can. Yeah. You know, it's not a whole lot you can do about it. What what I find interesting is with Clockwork Orange being an inspiration for like South Park, I'm I'm guessing it's probably an inspiration for those movies like uh Strangers at Night. You know, it's like where random people come and knock on your door and say, there's oh, an accident outside. Can I come in and use your phone? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Which nowadays is a little less likely to be an excuse because it's like you should have a cell phone. You know? right. like, yeah. It's interesting though in Clockwork Orange, they could use the excuse, oh, we don't own a phone. <laughs> they I, I was like, what a weird, yeah. what a real world. Why, is someone, why do so many people in this movie not have a phone? Yeah. Yeah. Unless she was lying, I don't know. No, um, they were lying. They were lying. Okay. Um, he he said, "Oh, well, then let him in," you know, because they had a phone. He just true, didn't. true. Well, I, maybe they just wanted to help them. Um, you you mentioned references, and I actually wrote down, and I'm curious if you guys agree. But when I was looking at the the style of the movie and also how it addresses violence and and the way Alex and his mates interact, um, it reminded me a lot of Rob Zombie movies, like oh. uh, his trilogy, the way that family behaves, that sort of violence for violence sake, and anything goes lawlessness uh and it actually the style also reminded me a lot of richard o'brien's um rocky horror picture show and shock treatment the the way that it shows sex and violence in a sort of almost comical way uh brightly colored i don't know yes. if you, so i feel like i feel like in both yeah. those cases they definitely both of those people probably had this in their mind and were affected by the the tone of it Mm -hmm. and it transferred into their work. I mean, I can see where this movie probably did inspire a lot of people where they each took like little elements for whatever they were doing. But I'm curious what inspired this. You know, like, <laughs> is there older stuff that inspired this? Because I can see how this inspired a lot of things. Like, you know, Britney was inspired by Madonna, but who is Madonna inspired by? <laughs> Like, and you know, Nobody. so many people are inspired by Britney. It's like, there's always somebody before. So was right. there a Charlie Chaplin movie or something that really inspired this? <laughs> well, <laughs> with, the, with the hats and the heavy, yeah, that's you know, what, the heavy eye and the canes. Yeah, instead of the mustache here, they did the heavy makeup here. So the mustache is under the eye instead. That is a little bit Chaplin. <laughs> and, it was, and it did have a slapstick quality, right? The violence. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, there was actually a musical number in this when he's at the Alexander's house uh, yes. uh, and he uh, he sings singing in the rain, in the rain doing a little dance number while also kicking them and tearing off clothes. Yeah. And it, it's a sort of bizarre you know, mockery of that kind of uh, that kind of filmmaking. Which also shows Alex kind of stupidity and his how that he's young. Yes, yeah. he knew he was in that guy's house. Yeah. later on and he was singing and he's singing singing in the rain and i'm like i would remember if i beat yeah. up and raped people while singing singing in the rain and i would remember not maybe i shouldn't sing that in front of that guy right. <laughs> the guy in the wheelchair um 
was he already like was he just getting really mad because he knew who he was or is he already like crazy like that no he had been driven i mean his wife died and he ended up in a chair suddenly this guy shows up again and doesn't remember him it's i I would yeah and that's what i thought and hearing singing in the rain triggered him yeah i was about about the next comment he was really orange can i can i blow your guys's mind real quick yes uh, so do you remember when Alex does come back to that house, but the wife's gone, but there's this new hunky guy? Oh, yeah, that guy. I was wondering if that was his guy. <laughs> that's, uh, I wondered too at first, but that guy, Julian, the big beefy guy, that's Darth Vader. Oh, really? my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. I'm blown. I, I was going through the cast list, and it said, Julian, what? David Prowse. And I was like, what? <laughs> wow. That's okay. impossible. I had no idea he was such a little treat. Costumes. I don't know, going from the hungry guy to costumes. Um is uh Malcolm and actually had the inspiration for, for the white costumes it was an old jockey suit he found in his closet. So he had he had a he had a, a lot of help, he helped a lot with the costume. And oh, then wow. uh he came up with the idea of having their little jockey straps, the little <laughs> side of their inside, made it even more, you know more uh mac- macabre is it that word i'm looking for macabre. macabre okay yes yes so he had a hand in the costume design i, I thought that was okay. kind of that's neat that's very cool yeah. yeah i can't remember what they describe in the book or what they don't i yeah. loved trying to find beethoven's in each scene and each set you could oh, find like and a little then the guy bust. at the end when he's playing the music for him and and the guy with the gray hair he like becomes like his hair gets all messed up and <laughs> looks like Beethoven. <laughs> i didn't notice that that's an interesting um, point interesting. yeah because it, it's funny because al everything alex likes is kind of awful except Lud- ludwig von yeah. So it's like, it's this one point of, and I think there's even a point where the um, minister of the interior, you know, is, is touring the uh, prison rooms and he walks into Alex's when he's not there and he sees, you know, all these naked pictures and stuff like that. But then he's, he's charmed by the, all the Beethoven statues and posters. And you can tell in his mind, he's thinking, oh, you know, there's, there's still some humanity, some hope. But I don't think Alex sees it that way. I don't think that no. it, it, it proves that that um, no matter what something is, somebody could like it for the wrong reasons. You know, sure. yeah. <laughs> Alex is clearly not a sophisticated or mature person with an appreciation for beauty in the same sense that other people who like classical music are. Yeah, that's true. No, I want to get into the, the violent thing. But was he? Were they intending to murder in the first place, or they just wanted to just beat up and rape? I, I mean, they. I don't think they meant to murder her, but they definitely planned all their rapes because they they said they knocked on the door and said, "There's been an accident. Someone, you know, mm-hmm. someone's bleeding or whatever." Yeah, they said. exactly. So like they all the violence and rapes were planned. Yeah, that doesn't mean that's what their their shtick was. Just a their shtick was yeah, violence and raping. Oh. what happened is they they were gonna frame him. For the violence and rape of this woman i don't think they knew that he was obviously they didn't know that he was going to kill her he didn't yeah, know right. that she was going to die either they just yeah. knew that he would attack her and then come out of the house and the cops would get her get gotcha. him. yeah yeah the murder so, was definitely not a part of it for any of them i can't remember did did he get 14 years for the murder or 40 because well, i thought was, they said 14 and i was 14. shocked i thought it was 14. And they got they got out for doing that experimental thing. So yeah. But was it really it could have been because of his age? Because he was only fifteen that they decided we'll give him fourteen years. 
still yeah. murder. <laughs> I know, so I was wondering. But hmm, I don't know. Maybe because it was a not an intentional murder is maybe why it was less. I he don't was know. only trying to rape her. Yeah. <laughs> it was only rape. It was not meant to be that. <laughs> he didn't steal any of her things in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for the cats. Who's going to look after the cats? I know. Yeah, too. too many. Okay. Cats look after themselves. They can eat each <laughs> cat other. Cat lady. Okay. There's food in the house. It's called cats. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing um, that they don't get caught but with any, anything they did. That's kind of interesting. Because no one's got a phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we are. <laughs> well, no, what, surprised me, what surprised me with Alex is they framed him. He knows they framed him, yet he didn't rat them out. True. I know. What's up with that? Yeah. Well, I wonder what kind of a trial you get in this dystopian future. Like, was, is there really an opportunity to make your case? Would they have believed anything he said? I mean, who knows? Uh, they didn't show us any of that, which is interesting. He just went directly to prison. Well, you would think that because they know that Alex is a part of this group that's going around doing this um, and ended up killing this woman. So they know that, you know, from the witnesses from the other attacks, that there's a group of four of them. So wouldn't you just assume that, okay, who are the other three? Oh, wait, Alex always parades around with three other of his friends. Let's talk yeah. to them. Maybe, maybe that's how they got to be cops. They made a little agreement. Like, we'll, we'll inform on you and <laughs> become part of the force. Yeah. Let me ask you just to, um, I feel like we've talked about most things, especially this late in the game, but I wondered if there were any little, like little idiosyncrasies of the film that you wanted to call out that you thought were really interesting. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask is, Fahad, were you excited that it, they're called milk bars? And ah. do you think Christina Tosi knows that? <laughs> I did not even think about that as milk ah. bars. That's funny. I, it didn't even cross my mind. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about it. So now it kind of <laughs> makes me wonder, Did I hope Christina Tosi did not get inspiration for the name milk bar by these milk bars. because. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, isn't milk bar stuff kind of addictive? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. By the way, well, related those to that. Of you that don't know, milk bar is like a dessert place. They It started in New York City. Christina Tosi is a baker who started it, and she's known for cereal milk. It's milk that tastes like the end of a bowl of cereal that you then drink, um, like um, cornflakes and stuff. So it's that flavor. And she uses that in baking all her goods. Um, so there's a bunch of them in DC now, and now you can get milk bar treats at grocery stores and Targets and all. So if you ever go to a Target and you see milk bar stuff, get it. It's delicious. Whole Foods has it too. Um, so especially their confetti cake truffles. Just to wrap up that part of the milk bar. Sorry, I didn't mean to get on a tangent about milk bar, but now conversation. But uh, one of my one of my favorite bands is named Maloko. And they're named after the milk bars in uh, Clockwork Orange. Okay. Oh. Which is the see that word? That's one of the words where it comes directly from the Russian for milk, I believe. You I know wanted what? to bring a glass, a gl my glass of milk up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have ah, awesome. Oh, it's actually a cocktail. Oh. <laughs> just like just like what, the milk in the movie. What? That's cocktail? funny. I I literally <laughs> just drank a glass of milk, and now I have water. I didn't even oh. think about it. I have I have milk. Yeah. All right. <laughs> with mixed with mixed with chocolate, but I have milk. <laughs> uh oh. This is actually not milk. It's a uh, white creme de cacao with oh, okay. uh, cream floated on top. Uh -huh. If you put 
if you put a maraschino cherry in it, it's called an angel's tit. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> per perfect. Um, perfect for the theme. Perfect for that movie. Yes. Angel's tit. <laughs> Pretty as an angel's tit. Interesting. We talk about words. What you guys find about like like babushka and and viddy and like some of those words. Viddy. What was the interpretation of viddy? Somebody's out. Viddy, viddying something is to see it. So, yeah, okay. Viddy thee well, like see the fare thee well, see thee well, you know. Mm. Or I, it, what did he say that line? Uh, it's amazing that uh, you never realize how colors never look so bright until you viddy them on the screen. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and then there's another one, Mal Malchika, Malchika, Malbeka. Was that Malchik? Malchik, boys <laughs> like him. Boy is a boy, like a, yeah, like a young man. Interesting. Okay. Malchik like myself. Remember, Ruth? Uh, the Malchik. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that group. Yeah. Um, tattoo. Yes. <laughs> Malchik. A group of tattoo Russian. had a song with Malchik in it. Yeah. I will be Malchick all you is. need. I remember that. <laughs> did, did you not hear it in the movie and be like, what? <laughs> no, I heard it. I heard it. I, yeah. and I already looked it up because Ruth and I used to like sing along with that too back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I liked a lot of the phrases. I kind of wanted to talk that way when the movie was done. I, I love uh, when he says it was a real horror show. and But, it, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. If it's a horror and he, show. Call, he called his mom and dad M and P. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out what that. And when was. I I watched the whole thing with the subtitles on, oh, I did. That's probably very. I did too. I did too. Or something like that. Mom and pop. Yeah. Oh, Pater and Pater. I wondered if in the book they spelled it that way. If it was M or just the letter M or E M. Oh. Yeah. So so here's a question. Now that you all have seen the movie, I know Eric's already done it, but is anybody curious at all in reading the actual book? I am, especially, I, all right, I completely changed how I, even more how I feel about him knowing that he's supposed to be just a kid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely does change because when you watch it, I did not get at all that he was only 15. It was I only until I read afterwards, like, you know, he was only, I was like, what, 15? No. <laughs> I thought he was like at least 18 to 20. What do you think about going to school? I was like, what is she talking about? I figured just college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, so one thing that I forgot to mention is we talked a little bit about him picking up those girls at that record store. I thought that was a very cool looking record store. That was. I was so, like, it would be cool. neat to have an actual store that looks like a, like a subway car train, like in the circle, like this, with like different people selling their stuff. Like it's kind of like yeah. the swamp meat is that what those things are called or like yeah, you know, yeah eric what's that store here that you like um where each area of the store is actually different vendors selling their stuff oh yeah it's consignment at evolution home evolution home so it's like that because you saw like they're different vendors in different areas mm. selling things so i was like oh that's a fun like looking store i was like to... i wonder if that's still no. there in london or if it went away i was about to say if you travel different parts of the world there's, there's different they have different nuances and, and, and like how certain stores are designed and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember one of the stores similar to that. I went to London back in 05. And then like, I remember it's not something that elaborate, but I remember seeing something like that, like, like, like through like a marketplace. And so 
you know, that might something that might like that might subsist if you go to if you travel a different country, you know. Yeah, there's I, a lot of like in Barcelona, the food markets where like their food halls, you know, like where different vendors sell different foods um and like prepared foods and stuff. It's like yeah, you know the block here in Annandale. That's what Exactly. Like the block, but yeah, more yeah. narrow and windy, and everywhere you go, it's like stuff. a new place. And, good. The block. Yeah, that would be fun to have a place that's even more intertwined and windy, and every yeah. nook and cranny is a new place to discover. It, it makes yeah. you think of um, like dystopian markets. Like uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but I've like seen Firefly, before where it's like. Yeah, yeah, and you just sort of run. I mean, it's a little bit like an Indian bazaar, right? It's they're usually modeled after that kind of thing, or yeah. the um, what's it called the fish market and uh the fish market over in Seattle or something, you know, where the, yeah. all the different places. I, I was trying there. to think of the name of the mart, the floating market in um, Thailand, you know, Neverwhere, but oh. I forget what the floating market is called. I thought you were saying in the one in Th in Bang or like near Bangkok. Like There's the a floating, floating market. market in Bangkok. What? Yeah. Awesome. Not not floating in the air, floating on water. <laughs> okay. As <laughs> <laughs> like, the ninth wonder of the world. There's a floating market in Thailand that That's is cool. famous for people to go visit, but it's floating on water. Yeah, I like the uh, the under. They have a underground malls in Seoul, Korea, which I thought was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, in a lot of ways, architecturally speaking, we're kind of boring here. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> new oh. i mean like compared yeah. to europe where they're or anywhere else in the world really yeah they're they're so old and yeah you are right we are relatively new compared to all of them but, i want to comment on the age ages of uh especially the mom I was, I was, he's been dying to talk about this how old will cam be when you are in your uh, 70s just wondering <laughs> but that's the thing i mean she it is i i just i don't the casting it was like the, the 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 father looked like his age of, of a teenage son yeah he just felt good god she felt just like a little little grandma <laughs> i don't know yeah. like, i mean this it was weird what did you guys think maybe well, in the future reproduction happens continues to happen later and later what was yeah. the word Why that maybe she had oh yeah 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 <laughs> Maybe she had him at 50 or something like that, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. I, Naomi or she just looked maybe at 50. Jan Jackson did. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. all did, yeah. Gosh. And or did um, did yeah. she just look older to you because she was trying so hard to look younger? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, also remember that the Golden Girls in the beginning of Golden Girls were in their early to mid 50s, which That's is true. now the same age as Gwen Stefani, Sandra Bullock, Halle Berry. <laughs> So That's people so are starting to look younger and younger yeah, each year. So this took place so long back then. That lady was probably 38. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh. <laughs> she might have been 45, but she just really looked old. But back then, that's probably what we thought 45 year olds looked like. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you guys, did she surprise at first? It didn't, it didn't matter after a while. Like, I guess after a while, it didn't matter because I was watching the rest of the movie. I think, but. honestly, it fit the the feel and look look and feel yeah. of the whole movie that it looked so wrong that it felt right in the story <laughs> it's another it's another way where th things don't quite line up like yeah the mom and pop don't really seem like they would be married or have parents so it's another way for you to be like i'm so confused and this is uncomfortable <laughs> all right are you guys ready for recast dun, 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 our game dun. where we each 
have to recast a character from this film, not because the character was bad necessarily, but because we think it might've been an interesting choice. And it does not have to be contemporary. Uh, it can be from any time you want, living or dead. Just an actor you think could have played a part in this film in place any part. of somebody else. Huh? Any part. Any parts. I mean, hopefully a part that we remember and that actually influenced the movie in some way, oh. not like extra number three. Oh well, yeah, I thought nurse number four could have been better played by Audrey Hepburn, but whatever. Probably. But... <laughs> Probably. Okay, uh, do I go first because it's mine? I forget how we do this. Yeah, yeah you go first because it's yours. I go first because it's mine. Okay, well, yet again, I couldn't just think of one like I was assigned by myself. <laughs> so uh, I have two options. So, because Fahad got me thinking about something. I, I was trying not to go with the main character um, because no one, could, no one could do this as well as Malcolm McDowell. Um, I also thought that he was kind of the only memorable actor in the film. Everyone else to me was forgettable. It, it, it was almost like their parts didn't matter. They just needed somebody to fill in the role and play it, which kind of makes sense because it's all about Alex, right? So he doesn't really see other people or care about them. So they all had kind of nondescript looks and personalities. Um, so it's a lot easier to recast those people because you can pretty much, you're not gonna hurt the movie by putting someone else in there. Uh, so my first, the first one I'll say is that the, uh, he only appears briefly, but the doctor that actually developed the technique and puts him through it uh, in the middle of the movie. Uh, let me share my screen. I was thinking that he could be played by Henry Gibson. Um, I don't know. Has anyone seen The Burbs? Mm -mm. Really? A long okay. time ago. We'll add that on the list for this. <laughs> so he was one of the creepy next door neighbors in The Burbs, uh, and he's been in a lot of other stuff, uh, including Laughing. You might recognize mm -hmm. his face from that. But uh, he's always struck me as a really good, playing a really good sort of disturbed person, but with sort mm -hmm. of uh, academic intelligence. So I thought he would have. That, that doctor like barely makes an impact, uh, but I thought this guy would have given the doctor a little more of a, a, a macabre, to, to, to borrow Takiya's word, uh, <laughs> sort of a, a disturbing quality. Um, almost like, you know, yeah, like, uh, like he really is enjoying the torture he's inflicting on Alex instead of just being this um, emotionless doctor. Uh, so that's one option. And then I thought if I, if they, you know, if he was alive at the time, or if they remade the movie now, that somebody who could play Alex instead of Ma uh, Malcolm McDowell could be Tom Felton. Oh, okay. Because okay. he definitely can get that sort of like, uh, you know, um, gleeful violence look. Yeah. The, you know, the way he played his most famous character, certainly uh, <laughs> sort of enjoyed inflicting pain on people and, and, and abusing people. Uh um and he also has this sort of youthful look i mean he's getting he, he seems Back to be a bit but but in general he, the structure of him is 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 sort of boyish um so i thought he could play that really well and those are those are my those are my recast options cool I, I, yes no agree disagree yeah no no i i think they're both good it's funny because i know when you and i were we weren't trying to chat about the movie i jokingly said because I was asking Eric, like, with recast, can we recast somebody? Like, is it as if the movie was taken? Both our our last movies were in present day. So it's easy to recast those because it's 
current people with current people. Clockwork Orange, it's like, do we recast with people back then? Or can we do it with people now? I was like, why? Because like, would we recast this main character with Daniel Radcliffe? was what I said as a joke. <laughs> I find it funny that you went with Tom Felton, which I is- I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Anti-Daniel Radcliffe. I went right back. I went all over the place and right back to Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I kind of still stand by. I think Daniel Radcliffe would also be fun to see as the main bad guy because I've seen him play crazy. Um, and He's too likable. But maybe that's what they need to step out of that. They don't want to always be likable. <laughs> I, if I, can, can I go? Yes. Yes. Okay, so if I were to recast Alex present day, I would pick Evan Peters. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that goes for what Fahad said earlier about what if Ryan Murphy wrote um, this as a series, kind of like he did Nurse. Mm, yeah. Then that's who he would have play. That's true. Uh, Alex. Yep. Don't you think? That that's is. that. That's perfect. I wish I thought of that. That makes a lot of sense. He would totally play that really well. He would. He would, yeah. And like, it's, yeah, I kind of made up the whole Ryan Murphy thing on the spot there, but it's funny how that then tied into, to, yeah. Like, you're, you're exactly right. It's like how she was with Ratchet, he would be for his Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that funny, was, uh, I, would not, I want him to do that. Yeah. I would I like to see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for my, Alex recast, I thought about Leo DiCaprio because okay. after seeing him uh, in Django and Chan, one of me that saw him, but his role was really like effing awesome. Like, it's, um, uh, he played the uh, really like a racist slave owner, and um, some he even broke out broke out of his acting. You guys maybe just even go to YouTube and see that part where he smashes his hand and um in real life he actually cut his hand what one part of that movie and still kept right on acting and um that's i saw him how he wasn't a, a, a playing a revenant i, I, I think i'm a big you know, caprio fan <laughs> no really um, was ian gilbert great in a million of the movies so um don't forget growing yeah, with his yep. the maniac of grin and the yeah. uh, eyelash, and I was just thinking that would be kind of interesting. I, I don't know what you guys think, but I this, I see him somehow that bringing. Makes a, that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like we're we're all we're we're all pulling from the same pool because if you put Evan Peters, Leo DiCaprio, and and uh, Tom Felton together, uh, there's a certain boyish sort of level of yeah, boyish but yes. uh, oh. but almost villainous energy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it actually makes me think of a another a fourth person who could possibly do it, and hopefully this isn't stealing Fahad's or Roos, but I, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Dane DeHaan. Oh yeah, I know him. Um, he was from uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, uh, and Cure for Wellness, and and a bunch of other stuff. But he's also he's currently on Apple TV's Stephen King series, and he's a villain in it, and he really is like bad and violent. So he totally, he also has that boyish thing. And so he could yeah. absolutely play that up too. That's where you could also go with Bill Skarsgård. I was just going to oh. say that, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. He would, be, he would be so good with that too. It's true, it's yes. true. Okay, so, I, well, one, okay. sorry, just, just to say, I think we're all making a very strong case that there should be a revisit of this movie. For sure. <laughs> it could be very interesting, yeah. I, yeah. I would definitely be interested in seeing it. I had to look up his name, but um, I was thinking um, because of the show, The Fall, Jamie Dorton, maybe. Okay. 
how it had to have been younger, but it's just he's got that like youthful look where because you know how he's basically seems like a great good um father and husband during by day and by night he's this awful horrible killer and stuff like that i love that show yeah it was really good it's supposed to come back someday they're just not committing to it i want to see that that show is so good well i guess if you're going that route with jamie dornan and kind of the psycho whatever you could also go the route of penn badgley uh, oh yeah yeah, the yeah. the lead from you. Oh, okay. kind of that oh, yeah, psycho, charming yes. boy yes. kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm just I'm, I agree with that a lot. But have you guys seen you? I know you, Eric. Yes. Also, oh, yeah. I have not seen yeah. it. No. Hey, Ruth, you saw. Okay, Shelly, yeah. no. Yeah. Gotta watch it when in between our movie our movie time. Like, yeah, yeah. Get, get, you know, he does a good job with it, and he was actually from Richmond as well. He's from. Uh, he went to St. Chris. St. Yeah. Christopher. Yes, yeah, so I, I have a thought, an interesting thought, how the movie would, ch- now that I keep getting stuck on his age, what if they had an actual <laughs> 15-year-old play, um, play Alex? Do we know any? Oh. <laughs> no, oh. I, I, well, my nephew just turned 15. <laughs> Is he an actor? <laughs> or he will, no, he's not. But it makes me, that, like, changes everything. Knowing my nephew, it just, like, know. A 15 year it just changes everything well don't yeah. let him watch this movie yeah no. I, I mean i'm thinking about it zach's 15 and he would oh. i mean this thing is just so far away from anything yeah that is zach you know yeah yeah it's crazy it would just completely change the entire movie that was actually a, an actual 15 year old playing this guy that would be interesting yeah, yeah. okay yeah. i guess we're up to fahad yeah so my recast went a completely different direction than everybody else yay um i chose the the sex therapy lady (laughs) who we were kind of rooting for to win you know um Mm. i I also consider a crazy cat lady the cat lady yeah which is where it kind of took me in this direction (laughs) i think it would have been a hilarious change if you know, somebody rings the door and, you know, like the door opens and the person turns around and it's Eartha Kit. <laughs> oh, that was interesting. I Good really job. think, cause, and she plays up more of the crazy cat lady because, you know, everybody <laughs> obviously thinks of her as Catwoman. I just think it would make such a funny scene because the movie's so ridiculous already. It's just <laughs> kind of like them play against one another. And she just, just in the, la- in the few years before this movie, she had played Catwoman on the 66 series, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was going with that. She's very known as like. Ah, it would be I'm fresh not. in people's minds. It would be a, a real like, what the hell? Yeah. Absurd sort of. Because this movie's so absurd already, right? So I was like, yeah. I want to take it even more, and that's where I went with Eartha Kit. Um, Especially because I think other... she's called Cat Lady in the credits or something, or or reference later. Oh, oh. oh, in the papers later when Alex is no, released, they Lady. call her Cat Lady, and one of them calls her Cat Woman. Oh. It there says Catwoman yeah. killer is free. And I thought that's funny. He killed Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eric, I think the uh, another casting recast could have been for the mother. Yeah. Have Trixie Mattel. Younger. Who? Trixie Mattel. Trixie, Trixie Mattel. <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. She's a famous drag queen. Oh my um, gosh. That oh. apparently likes to put like, I don't know. She she's just just look her up. But I think she would add so much camp to that role. Oh, I love Trixie. <laughs> yeah, so, I'd be on board for that. 
display. I thought of uh, for that, especially the scene when she's sitting with the new lodger and they're sitting very close, and, and he's and he's talking about how he's developed a relationship with both of them. I think that that would totally change the tone of that. It seemed a yeah. little like they were like he was more than a lodger or something. It I don't know. Or, I don't know, but like the, the reason the I went that route. Head. Well, the reason I went that route is in modern day, if they were to film it. How more ridiculous and dystopian of a future could you get if the mother was a drag queen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I thought about um, the woman that played Scully. Um, oh, Gillian Anderson in yeah Excellence? of her of her British her British persona in Sex Ed. Wasn't she in the fall? Was in the fall. Was also yeah. in the fall. <laughs> I know it's not fall, but it sounds good. I think so what if she was playing Ruth Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Dornan? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so i think everybody those are some really really strong recast and i think we've all made a great case for a modern day retelling and do we need to rate it well before we do that let me say i even though we've made a great case for a modern day retelling i don't believe in remaking classics so i don't see a point to it but if they made it i might be casually interesting well, what if they did, like, they what did. They do a show so they yeah could, like, like a show like yes. ratchet the show i would be much more interested in. yeah yeah where where the show could really weld more into i think shelly you might have said this or takia or ruth what was he like what was the childhood like of his to make him the way he was yeah yes. what was this whole world like like that would be yeah like yeah. you can touch on his before and the after and not and maybe just gloss over the points of the movie it's like that's already been done well let's just show you before and after and you could dive into like the whole government government thing yeah yeah i was reading a bit about that um there's like some strong like political stuff there because they were trying to get him involved that's why no one mentioned that tonight maybe because it's a little too political i don't know almost boring but i don't know like no what'd you guys think about all that stuff about this movie that you could talk about yeah, like they, they're trying to use them for for to to, I guess, enhance one political area, and then he's he's being used for another area. That's the best way to explain it because it was I had to look it up, and I was like, whoa! I don't know how I would explain this to to people. I'm not, I, I I don't know a lot of political heart jargon, so I wouldn't. Well, I mean, makes, it, it, it proves that um, it proves that the people in power may have pretended they, that they cared about people like Alex and uh, and cheering bad behavior but uh they really didn't i mean everyone had their own agenda uh yeah mostly it was a political ploy they were trying to get attention for reforming the system and they didn't really care how it ended up as long as it looked good for them <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. which means you know people like alex they're never gonna like no, nothing gets fixed if no one actually cares about it who has any power you know? yeah okay yeah. rating time yes all right, I'm probably gonna overuse this rating because I don't know, we're watching some good movies and <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> never I'm, really... I'm gonna go with- uh... wait, wait, one, one second, one second. Um, all right. We're all gonna type in and then hit enter, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so, so that, that's do, one. Two, we'll do the chat. Two, once everybody gives their ratings then we should just go around and let everybody give their overall thoughts on it because we used to do that in the beginning. Give everybody a chance to say just their overall thoughts on the movie as a whole, but I don't think, we really got that from everybody yet um so once we give the ratings I'd, i'm just curious i know the ratings will tell but i'd like to hear people also just say their overall 
you'll have to explain yourself is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Everybody ready to <clears throat> first type it in there and then we'll tell you when to hit enter. And 0.25 increments are allowed. That's right. You can do quarters if you're cheap. <laughs> hey, I did quarters the last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to insult you. All right. Is everyone typed in? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hit enter now. Okay. Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. Takia. Whoa, Takia. Whoa, Takia. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hold on. So I'm going to put them here. So we had a uh, four for me, four for Fahad. Then we had a 3.5 for Shelly. And then we had 2.75 for Ruth. And then we had five for Takia. Our first five of the big old five oh. old bogeys and films of Warner. Lots of old folks. So let me uh, let me look at the. I'm getting the ratings together. It was Ruth? What were you? A two point what? Seven five. Seven five. Yeah. Um. So I have a four four two seven five. Takia's a five, and Shelly, you were a three five. Three point five. What's our average? Three point eight five. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can go around and we'll just go in the order from what you have on the screen. I'll just say that this was another great entry in the movies we're watching. I know, Eric, you were a little nervous, like <laughs> we had two strong movies going in and now here's this old classic. How are people going to react with it? But like I said earlier on in the beginning third of the act, I was like, oh, I don't know where the story's going to go. I'm not sure how much I'll get into it, but it really did get you thinking and it kept me interested in the second and third acts. And it had such a strong second and third acts, especially with the themes of revenge and these people mm -hmm. finally getting their way with Alex and stuff that that's what helped me bring it up to that level of a four. Okay. Um, and I just think for such an old movie, it did tackle really tough topics. Yeah. Um, and did it in such a way where like, you know, we're saying like maybe as a movie shouldn't be remade, but the, like the fact that we had such a conversation where we want to find out more about the past and the present and the future, like, you know, it, it got into our heads and we're thinking about it. So um, it's definitely a movie I'll think about and look back on fondly like, oh, that was a good movie. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts. Cool. Eric? Oh, I guess I'm next. Okay. Uh, Fahad really sets the theme, I think. I, I agree that uh, for a movie that was made 50 years ago, uh, it was very bold and you can still feel that now. They don't, uh, not a lot of people make movies like that even today. And so, and I, I thought a lot of very interesting choices were made. Obviously Kubrick is an auteur director and uh, you know, I've heard notorious stories about how difficult it is uh, or was to work with him. Uh, but you can't argue with the product you get at the end, which is, you know, far and away better than most other films and much more intentional and interesting. And so, yeah, I, I thought it gives you a lot to think about. And it's 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 told in a, in a way that is not that is unusual, the, the narrative style. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I, I thought it deserved a four. OK, Ruth. Um, I at first was, I guess because y'all know me, sometimes I can't watch stuff a little bit, I don't even know yeah. how to explain it, creepy and stuff like that. So at first I was like really 
concerned about it at first but i feel like especially after we've talked about it more i thought how like it was really cool to like see all the differences and stuff like that and obviously it opened me up more and so i feel like i after all this too i would like to read the book and kind of get it makes you kind of more intrigued i feel like if i read the book too i probably give it a higher score just to kind of know more about alex and to kind of hopefully would tell more about where he comes from as a child too like we talked and to kind of just see how he, you know, his brought how his environment and how he was brought up and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, next is Takia, which gave a five. So I hope you have a good reason. <laughs> I think you're muted. Maybe I'm, my my. Cool. There you are. I, I, well, no, because I was I was thinking like the, the acting. I, I, was, I like the storyline. I like the acting. I thought Malcolm McDowell did a really good job with his, you know, his going from maniac to you know doing all this stuff and. I mean, I was looking more to acting. <laughs> um, yeah, however, yeah, if you love the movie, you know, that, you love I, You know, um, like I said, maybe I, I rate differently from everybody else in terms of like how I think. This is, this is the way I, I think. You know, like I, like the last Captain America, Captain Fantastic, I gave four, you know, and I, so I, I do do ratings based on what, how I think. So, yeah, it was so surprised. So, <laughs> I do like you, the good and like the, the storyline I thought was, was really interesting and different and um you know uh director's really uh good so that's, those are things I kind of was look, looking at you know um, do you uh do you feel confident that uh because a five is a perfect score that you liked this better than the other two movies uh interesting yeah we may have done that before after all <laughs> too late. Too late. Takia, though, there is a reason this movie is considered such a classic. That's how I felt. So it's like, not like a and five. The acting out of was. That's yeah. what I was. Thinking. I mean, it was really the acting was, was perfect. Really like it, it would be hard. Anyone that had to replay him would. It would be yeah. difficult. Like no that, offense. Sorry, I was just saying no offense to Ingrid Goes West, which was my selection, and Captain Fantastic, which was Shelley's selection. Those were great movies. Will we be? talking about them 30 years, 40 years from now. Right. Probably <laughs> not, but they're great movies. I loved them. Obviously, I rated one higher than this one, but this is that's a classic. What I was going, yeah, that's what I was going by. It's a classic, and I can see why it's a classic. That's literally what I was going by. Obviously, I, had, I think differently from everybody else in terms of why I gave it a five, that, but that's what I was going by. And, and yeah, they're just so different from this one. Is you know, They got their own ratings and how I thought about them as well. Yeah. The, act, the plot, and this one, you know, had a, had a crazy good plot you know everything so and and like you said like sometimes like you said you have your reasons your thinking and sometimes it's hard to it's hard to (laughs) verbalize exactly what it is like imagine me having to defend the fact that i'll probably give spice world a five (laughs) (laughs) true it's all about context right so if it's a if it's an entirely different kind of movie from the others you can it's almost apples and oranges to say, oh, is the rating appropriate? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's totally when you watched it and how you feel about the subject. That's exactly yeah. what I Yeah. Okay, so. Shelly. So I'm like Fahad. I'm first of all, I'm really glad that you picked this because I'm glad I got to watch it. I, you know, I've heard about it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Or if I do, I don't remember. But I'm like, I'm, I'm glad you did because at first I hated it. I was like, I hate this movie. This is awful. I can't watch this. I, uh, I can't believe that I have to sit here and watch this. And then halfway through, 
I loved it. And now <laughs> I know I'll be thinking about it for the next few days. Like I remember, remember this, you know, so I'm glad that you picked it. I'm glad I got to watch it. And, um, it forced me to sit through that first part. And now that it, it's not awful, I'm, I'd like to go back and watch it again. And then I, I will pick up different things in the beginning, but, um, yeah. So, so my point was that I would have turned it off had I not been like forced to sit there and watch it. I would have turned it off and gotten frustrated and like, I like, it. I don't see why everyone likes this. I just, not, I just don't get it. I don't like it, but I do like it. Like, I'm glad that I watched it. I like yeah. it. I'm glad that it, it turned out well. <laughs> but, like, like I was saying, Eric, I know you were worried, right? That your choice was going to be the one. <laughs> well, Ruth, I was really worried for, for you because I knew what the subject matter was. And like you said, you, you those things often like bother you a lot. But uh, that's why I was really surprised when I when I was watching it, because it's not really that, you know, intense, you know, at least by modern standards, like the sex yeah. and violence is like, eh. so I was like, I don't think she's actually going to have any issue with this. <laughs> I was like, phew. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys noticed, but I reordered our names because I suddenly realized it spells farts. I did too. Oh. <laughs> I did too, Eric. While you were talking, or when you were about to hand it over to Ruth, I looked. I was like, <laughs> "You'll, you'll notice awesome. if we watch this video, I go like this." Oh, really? Okay. Oh, and, and guys, what's another name? What's another name for old farts. people? Exactly. Farts. Old farts. So awesome. old farts. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like we were made for this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so do we know what do we get to find out the next movie yes that's our last yeah. order of business is for takia to announce what she would like us to watch uh for july 22nd so i didn't know if i should tell you again so you could put it all pretty on the screen I, 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 <laughs> but um uh, wait, the uh the kindergarten teacher oh uh, i want to watch that yes 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 i've never um, heard of it i've never heard of it either that's oh, maggie yeah. gyllenhaal right Yes. So I'm big into the independent and in, in, independent films. They're just uh -huh. this old, a whole different thing from the um, Broadway. I'm sorry, the Academy Awards films. Those are good too, but these are just something about these with the acting is just exceptional. So um, continuing on with that, I chose a kindergarten teacher. I saw it last year um, because me being education, this was interesting. <laughs> so I can relate with that as, as being someone in education. Um, now, is that as obviously as, as innocent as it sounds? You're looking at the title like, oh, it's about a teacher and she inspires her students. Um, it's got a, a obviously a, a dark tone. It bores into going into obsession. And that's all I'm gonna say about it. And um, yeah, I liked it a lot. A good, good descent into, I don't wanna say too much about it, but yeah. Um, see what happens when uh, a teacher notices a little boy's uh, poetic talent and she wants to nurture that and you see what happens from there, okay? Okay. Um, right. Yeah. It's gonna be very and interesting. I like to, it. 2018, and um, I think what else I say about it. That yeah, just hope you guys will like it. That I was, it was funny. I like your reactions already because I was kind of worried that after the Clockwork Orange and how you know how like crazy that was. You know, and crazy, crazy in a good way. As, as, as I was saying, I thought nine would be a little too toned down, but I hear some reactions like, "Oh, okay, I want to see this. This is cool." So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I, I'll say, I'll say, this is what I enjoy about what we're doing. Yeah. It's getting me to watch movies I might not necessarily have yeah. thought of watching. That's what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think yeah. we each bring different aspects of ourselves in saying, "Watch these movies." 
yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to hear everyone's choices when their weeks come and like a little view into your mind a bit. So Ruth, I hope you're already thinking.